I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. What is going on everyone and welcome back to the channel. I hope you're all doing well. Now today I've got for you three fantastic entitled parent stories. Starting with this absolutely bemusing one. Um, OP is expected to look after 14 animals. That's right. 14 different pets of this random lady for $20 a day. 14 animals, that is. $20 a day. I do the math there. Something's wrong. Let's get into the story. She only wants to pay me $20 a day for caring for 14 animals. Before I begin, I'm going to acknowledge that this entire mess is partly my fault. I agreed to watch my mum's co-workers' animals for five days, and I didn't set a price. I made the mistake of expecting her to name a fair price for my work. A big, big, big mistake. As I said... I got a call from my mum's co-worker saying that she was going out of town and needed someone to care for her 14 animals She explained the different animals nine ducks that live in her bathrooms three dogs and two cats She explained what would need to be done food and water as well as cleaning the ducks Now i'd never cared for ducks or even seen one outside of the park So when she understated the amount of care that would go into all these animals I believed her I got there the night before her trip and she showed me what needed to be done It turns out the dogs were barely house strained and one of them was a semi-aggressive pit bull They needed to be fed twice a day with homemade warmed up food The nine ducks did not have enough room to exercise and the way they were set up made cleaning hazardous and difficult I was told I had to let them roam around the house as they weren't allowed outside and clean up the mess They also required a homemade fruit salad daily and to refill their water dishes several times a day as they often tip them over Each cleaning and feeding needed to be performed twice daily The cats to be fair were honestly pretty easy Food and water twice a day, pretty average and expected cat care, no issues with them, isn't that just typical cats? At this point, I felt very deceived on the whole, as she had not fully explained how much work was required. There were also a lot of little extra details, like medicating several of the animals, etc. But unfortunately, I felt responsible for my commitments and accepted the job anyways. Now, the stay was awful. The pit bull was terrifying and several times the barking and lunging sent me into a full-on panic attack This was made much worse by the fact that I had no prior warning about his habits I walked in one day to find that the ducks were indeed capable of escaping the shower And that the pit bull had tore one of them apart In the house, it was carnage After making the owner aware of the situation I was told that the pit bull had to sleep inside of the laundry room for the remainder of the stay Each night, he spread feces and urine all around that I had to clean up. Along with a difficult stay, her house was about 30 minutes out of town, with no Wi-Fi or cell phone service. I was also in charge of picking her up and dropping her off at the airport. When she got home, she handed me a bundle of cash, and I made another mistake of not counting it out until I got home. 
The woman is very wealthy, and I assume that she was going to pay a fair price since she could afford it. It turns out she'd only paid me $100. I did the math and found out that was only $3.30 an hour. And that's being generous as i probably spent more time than that this morning i made her aware of the situation and told her that the pay hadn't even covered fuel she responded that she didn't pay by the hour and instead by the day now i'm not really sure why she thought that that was a good defense honestly i'm currently in the process of trying to get more cash i asked for 60 a day instead fortunately she still thinks that i'll be coming back for her two other trips later next month And she also works with my mother. I won't be coming back, but I'm prepared to let her think that. I'm currently in between work and without that money, I won't be able to eat. So it's a survival situation. I'm not sorry. The fact that she thinks that paying solely fuel costs for 14 animals when a single dog costs an average of $50 a night to board is unbelievably entitled. I'm aware that I didn't set a price and I made a lot of mistakes in not counting the money. But I didn't get her back from the airport until 1am in my defense. And I'm still very upset that I've basically done all this work for free. But don't you worry, guys. That's not the end of the story. OP has given us a nice little update. I have not left her alone for the entire week. And I've sent her reminder texts about the rest of her payments every other day. Finally, I was blunt and gave her the options of how she could pay me. This was the response assurance to me that she is indeed entitled after much research and you not being here 24 7 and the loss of one of my ducks because you were not here as i expected i find that i have paid you fairly and no additional funds will be coming forth this is final she said from here i went in on her a week of pent-up anger and not having enough money for food came out and i no longer gave a frick about how put together i looked My final angry message was a little less angry and more useful, so I'll share it here as well. So, lady, to summarize. One, you didn't give me proper warning about anything until the night before. Nipping is not biting. I have photo evidence of bruises on my body. Two, I warned you that I was not planning on being there 24-7. Three, the duck dying is not my fault and you admitted it yourself. I had no information to expect this. And four, my prices are final. Now you don't have to hire me in the future, but this is the price for the service you already got. So for these reasons, when would you like to make the rest of your payments? I doubt I'll be receiving a response to this or payment, but for my own poops and giggles, I thought maybe I could at least try and make her feel bad. I will be contacting animal control after this though, so don't worry. That's an affair that I'll be handling privately, however. And finally, I will update if I get any more responses. I, for one, want an update then. Guys, honestly, (laughs) $20 a day for 14 animals. Are you joking? Uh, That is mental. Well, I say 14. I guess it's kind of 13 now. Rest in peace, little ducky. But um, hey, an aggressive pit bull mixed with nine ducks. Sounds like a brilliant combination. This woman is obviously very stupid for even having those animals living together and not separating them well enough. I don't know how more ducks haven't been mauled by this pit bull in the past. Seems like something that would happen very regularly, if I'm completely honest. But then also refusing to pay more than $100 for five days of work with 14 animals. What? Are you joking? That's not enough to even... Yeah. 
as OP said, get to the house and back for five days in a row driving. Mental. I mean, to be fair, to have 14 pets like that, I think you have to be slightly strange, don't you? Sorry if you're a pet lover and you have 14 pets yourself, but 14, are you mad? That is crazy. Sounds like they absolutely dominate the gaff as well, which is another thing. Um, Not a house that I'd like to go in. Imagine the smell. Anyway, you need your money, OP. I hope you get it. Now moving on to our second story. Entitled man at a hockey game tried to kick me out of my season ticket holder seats. So this happened several years ago, probably around 2012 or so. A little bit of background to start with. My dad was a diehard fan of our local NHL team and had season tickets for longer than I was alive, which was 23 years at that point. After having them for that long, he'd managed to secure some pretty awesome seats section 219 which is on the second tier of the stadium but the front row seats which have an arguably unbeatable view of the game growing up i went to tons of games with him but by this point he was getting old and it was tougher for him to make it to the games himself so he was nice enough to let my boyfriend now ex and i use his tickets and go to the game together this time was not the first time that we had done that So we made it to the game and had been sitting and watching for a good amount of time. Then, I want to say early second period, a seemingly nice man came up into our section and walked up to my ex and I. We would be the easiest to talk to as we are the closest to the entrance being in the first row. So it seemed logical that someone would just be asking a random question to the most convenient people that he found. He was followed by three other people. And for context, there happened to be two empty seats next to us. Here is how the conversation went. Hi there, is this section 219? Yes, you're in the right place, I replied. It takes me a few seconds to then comprehend the look quickly spreading on this seemingly nice man's face. A disgusting looking self-righteous smile that sneered, yes, poor young person. I'm perfectly aware of where I am. He then puts out his hand, palm up, and gestures with his fingers, as if saying, come here to a child. I realize at this point that this man is in fact not a nice man, but instead an entitled man. He then says, in a seriously comically annoying voice out of nowhere, and also while shaking his head, gotta go, your time's up enjoying our seats. Back to where you came from. He then points his other thumb, the one not continuously gesturing as described above, up to the top of the stadium, then looks back and laughs at his family. This was not done quietly, by the way. I am a super friendly and non-confrontational person, so I was dumbstruck. I don't think I could find any words. I just probably sat there with my mouth hanging slightly open, not at all sure what to do next. My ex didn't say anything either. He wasn't super familiar with the place and he might have wondered if we were in the wrong place since this guy seemed so sure that these couldn't possibly be our seats. Thankfully, we didn't need much time to compose ourselves. One of the men in the group sitting directly behind us piped up. Mind you, this group are also season ticket holders, so they likely recognize me. Hey, uh, let me see your tickets, mate. Now, the entitled man, who was not super thrilled that we weren't immediately doing his bidding, pulled out his tickets and showed it to this other nice man. Uh, wow, you're in row 19, not row 1, sir. I think it's time that you go back to where you came from. The nice man then does the same palm-up hand gesture the entitled man introduced us to and yells, Gotta go! A small but powerful crowd around us started chanting, Gotta go! 
gotta go as well until the now red-faced entitled man sheepishly puts his hand up saying okay okay and leads his family through the crowd up the stairs to row 19 i have never felt so supported by strangers in my entire life unfortunately i also had to meet one of the most entitled men first for that to happen thanks for letting me share my story what a story it was now that is legendary that is camaraderie that you only get at sports events with your home fans backing you up all your season ticket holders together it's beautiful the sort of scenes that i'd love to see down at stanford bridge if you know you know um incredible like come on the cheek of this guy it's not one of those where he's misread his ticket and gone oh i actually genuinely thought i was in row one no it says row 19 that's not close you're just doing it for chat you've seen two empty seats you were like mm, can i kind of you know force my in here he's gone for it absolutely arrogantly and he's been kicked out embarrassed most like the absolute mug that he is it's brilliant all the people around you just cheering at him to get out incredible scenes hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank linkedin helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role in a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Love it. And now moving on to our final post of today's episode. Cult stalkers think they can scare me out of my new home. Now this one is an update to a story that I read a few days ago on my channel. If you haven't seen part one yet, you kind of need to watch it for this to make sense. So click the i button right now, that's the video, or go down into the pinned comment and the description, it's linked there. But you need to go to 13 minutes into the video to see the story. It's the last story of that episode of that video. Hope that makes sense. If you've not seen part one, go watch it. Anyway, this is part two. So since my last post, I've taken the advice that some of you gave me. I told my boss, my landlord, and let my neighbors know about the fact that Scientology have sent people to follow me and that they were likely to try and approach some of them. Now, safe to say that everyone was pretty creeped out by that, but they've been very supportive and have been keeping an eye on them and what they are doing. I have started back at work. I asked for time off after they came to my door because of how uncomfortable and unsafe I was feeling with my stalkers being so close, and my kind neighbor has been helping me get out to work. I've been going out of my back door, climbing over her fence, and she's been letting me into her garage so I can get into the back of her car, and she then drives me to work. I basically duck down as low as I can as we're driving past them, so hopefully they can't tell that I'm leaving. So far, I don't think they've noticed me going to work, but I'm still very cautious every time I hear the door open at work in case it's one or both of them. I don't feel safe getting a gun because of the risks it could bring. Scientology aren't above breaking into buildings for their own gain. One time, they even broke into an FBI building to replace FBI documents about them with Scientology-approved documents. If I had a gun and they were to break into my home, they're also not above planting things to frame people for crimes, if it means either scaring people to back down or into doing what they want. And if they found a gun, it could put me in danger. In Scientology, there is a policy called R245, 
and I really worry that them having any kind of access to a gun, even if it were mine, and being in my home could tempt them into following that policy. All right, just a little bit of research. R245 is the act of shooting a person with a firearm in Scientology. Well, that's wonderful, isn't it? Oh, OP does actually then explain what R25 is. Uh, yeah, I should probably explain what it is so you can hopefully understand why I'm worried about having a gun near me or them. In Scientology doctrine, exteriorization refers to the separation of the thetan, that's the soul, from the body, a phenomenon which LRH, who I believe is the uh, the founder of Scientology, could be wrong there, but I think so, asserts can be achieved through auditing. Yes, LRH is L. Ron Hubbard, who is the founder of Scientology. What a great guy. So R245 is a process by which exteriorization could be produced by shooting a person in the head with a 0.45 pistol. Right, okay. Uh, this is acknowledged by Scientology, but they deny that it is meant to be serious publicly in order to protect themselves for people looking further into the cult's policies. But privately, I know so many who truly believe that the use of this policy is okay because it's what the founder said. Right, so they're pretty much just saying it's completely fine in their cult's beliefs to shoot someone for exteriorization. Right, makes sense. I did ask my landlord about getting a dog. He originally said no because he doesn't allow pets in his property. But yesterday he called me and said I could have a dog if I still wanted to. He told me that he'd received letters from a few different Scientologists, including my parents, telling him how I am a drug addict and I get violent on a regular basis when high. My parents said in their letter that they're worried about me being out here on my own because without them to help control my violent outbursts, people could get seriously hurt. They claimed that they had proof that I was still using drugs and provided my landlord with a picture that the stalkers had obviously taken after looking through my trash. They told my landlord that they really didn't think it was a good idea to continue letting me live on my own in his house and that he should help convince me to go back to them where they can get me back in line. The evidence they've used for me using drugs is an empty box of over-the-counter pain meds that I'd bought ages ago and I'd finish with. My landlord thinks that if these are the sorts of accusations they're willing to try throwing at me now, who knows what's next or what they'll do if I continue to ignore them or refuse to go back. As long as I don't let the dog cause any damage to the property, he's okay with me having a dog to help protect me if they try and come to my door again or if they attempt to break in for any reason. He's also given me permission to have security cameras installed both on the outside and on the inside of the house. We discussed it, and when I told him about my worries of them breaking in and their history of planting evidence of crimes on people, we agreed that having a few discreet cameras inside would be good. So if they did break in and try and plant anything, we'd have proof of them doing it. I've looked into the police in my area, and while some of the cops do seem reliable, there are a lot who seem to be very willing to overlook things Scientology do. So for now, I don't really trust in them to help me. I've contacted a lawyer who is going to help me with restraining orders against the stalkers and is willing to do the same to anyone else Scientology sends to harass me. I've also contacted the Aftermath Foundation and they are being amazing and really helping me. 
and I really appreciate the suggestion I think a few people gave me to go to them. Well, as I said, guys, before we got into this one, if you haven't yet seen part one, part two probably didn't make too much sense. But um, I remember at the end of part one, I didn't really know what to say in terms of, you know, get the police involved was my kind of only suggestion, I think. But clearly OP is not too, you know, trustworthy in them. Sounds like he's doing the right thing, though, you know, getting lawyers in the mix, getting some restraining orders. Your landlord, by the way, what a legend, you know, going against his own policy, knowing that you need help. Really nice, really nice dude, actually. I appreciate that. Most landlords would not do that. So allowing you to get a dog to make you feel safer. Very, very good stuff. Apart from that, I mean, I don't really know what to suggest. Again, guys, comment down below if you have any suggestions for OP, things that he hasn't listed, because it's a pretty terrible situation. If you don't know, he's run away from his family who were members of Scientology, pretty much. Um, and now they're trying to get him back sending people after him to make him come back. It's very, very weird. Uh, it's a terrible, terrible situation. I don't really know what to do apart from what you've already done. Fair play. Anyway, guys, that is going to do it for this one. Really hope you have enjoyed it. If you did and you want to see more from me right away, please do check out this absolute banger of a video on screen. If you are new to the channel and you haven't yet subscribed either, then hit this button because I post here daily um, and turn notifications on as well because then you'll get notified every time I post. With that all being said, I'll see you all tomorrow with a brand new video. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.